Christmas season, everyone. I love this time of year. Not least because we've got two fantastic award ceremonies to look forward to. We have the BAFTAs this week and we've got the Oscars at the end of the month. But it's also a good time for great cinema. For the first time in two years, we have proper ceremonies to look forward to. And proper ceremonies to preview. Because, let's be honest, who really gives a damn about the Golden Globes these days? My name's Jack Smith. Welcome to our BAFTA preview. With British cinema's biggest night just days away, we're going to break down the good, the bad and the downright ugly with this year's nominations ahead of the ceremony on Sunday night. We're not going to go into detail on every category because we'd be here for hours. But what we're going to do is we're going to give you a short and concise guide into what is hot with the voters and what's not. Okay. First time since 2018 we're, we're doing proper award coverage, so I'm a bit rusty, but hopefully we'll iron out all the kinks in time for the Oscars. So without any further ado, I'm going to turn here, I'm going to hit this button, and hopefully you should see... There we go. There is the nomination list. So we'll go... We'll, we'll, Deal it in order first. We'll go with best film first. So this year's nominees, Belfast, Don't Look Up, June, Licorice Pizza, Power of the Dog. Now Don't Look Up probably is going to get the popular vote, but I keep saying this every year. Awards voters like to see actors suffer for their art, so I reckon it's either going to be Power of the Dog or maybe Belfast. Um, and I'm not saying Belfast because recency bias. Um, Belfast is a really bloody good film. Um, Power of the Dog, Heavy Watch, Licorice Pizza, though, could be the underdog. Um, it's really all to play for. And again, June's there as well. And I love the fact that June's got a lot of love from BAFTA voters because it's a very high-concept science fiction film. It did a lot of things right. But it relied a little bit too much on sort of exposition, sort of setting the sequel up. We will have to wait and see how that plays out. For outstanding British film, though, well, looking at that nominations list, if I can, there we go. Outstanding British film, um, that is no time to die, to lose. Um, because again, it's probably going to be the only the only honour that No Time to Die gets, aside from the technical categories, and the technical categories are probably going to get cut from the telecast, like it always is. But some good nominations this year. After Lovers won a lot of voters. Ali and Ava has just opened in cinemas this week. Obviously, Belfast is the dark horse. Boiling Point. There's been a lot said about that film. It was rumoured to be an Odeon screen and seen back in November, and then their limitless customers got to watch it. It's shot continuously in one take, um, which, again, BAFTA voters love that kind of stuff. you got Cyrano, which has only just opened in UK cinemas now. It's got the heavyweight marketing campaign behind it, and from what I understand, it's a musical that has its problems, but it's got the heavyweight of Joe Wright directing it. And Joe Wright has got prior form. He did Atonement. He did Darkest Hour. Um, he knows what he's doing. You've got everybody's talking about Jamie. It would be nice if this film won. It probably won't because Amazon Prime. Um, but the original stage show has become 
a West End smash in its own right. Um, and the film adaptation's done really well for Prime. It's just a shame it didn't get the wide cinema release that it arguably deserved. We've got House of Gucci there as well. Um, bit too long. Bit too long. <laughs> who, who watches free hour film? Last Night in Soho, again, bloody ace film. We didn't get around to writing a review for it in the end, but Last Night in Soho, not Edgar Wright Strong's film, but it is... It's good to see him return to the sort of genre that he made his sort of debut in with the horror elements. Reminded me a bit of watching early Space and again, No Time to Die and passing. It, like I say, it's No Time to Die is to lose, basically. We'll just zim through Outstanding British debut. It's probably going to go to Boiling Point because, again, technically, who who can write something like that? Uh, for film not in the English language, God. I have all my money banked on Petit Maman winning it. It's up against some heavy competition. We got Sorrentino's new film, we got Almodovar's new film, Drive My Car, which has been billed as this year's Parasite. All of the Oscar voters are absolutely um, enjoying watching that film. Um, but I really hope Petit Maman wins it because I, I love Shiano's work. I love Shiano's work. She's done some really... In intellectual films in the past, she did the um, sort of Water Lilies in 05, Tomboy in 08, and then of course Girlhood in 2014, which um, if you've watched Lee Jack Smith content over the years, you'll have heard music from Girlhood in branding. Uh, we did Born Independent as the, as the brand campaign. Um, but Petite Maman is a very strong 72-minute film. Um, I've sung the praises of it enough uh, within the wipe. Uh, it is now on movie. Uh, so if you have MUBI, um, that streaming service, you can watch it anytime you want. It's a MUBI exclusive. Um, heavy film, but it's a really good one. Uh, documentary, um, some heavyweight directors, including Andrea Arnold, um, who's known for being quite inventive the way she shoots films. Um, I can't really speak too much about documentary because we we don't really go in for them here at E. Jack Smith Ventures. Uh, but it, it, look, from what I've from what I've read about these these nominated films, it's a it's a strong slate. It's probably going to be either Cow or Summer of Soul, just because of the name. And then for the animated film, well, when you see this, you'll probably see the winner. Kanto is going to win. Has to. Because it's, it's the, aside from that one year that Spider-Verse won, it is the Disney category. Because we have got two films in animated category once again. But Encanto is going to win it because everyone loved Encanto. People are rightly calling it the next Frozen. Um, and I remember when it came out, there was a lot of promotion for it in the local cinema that I go to. Um... And it got hilarious because I was going a week it came out on Disney Plus and everyone was like, oh, well, I'm going to watch it in cinema. Like, no, it's on Disney Plus on Saturday. Um, but yeah, Encanto's probably going to win that because it's Disney and Disney seemed to have a monopoly on these kinds of things. Another big category is director. And how do you separate a category like that? You've got Aline Khan for After Love, you've got Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, you've got Audrey Duan for Happening. But I think it's going to be a two-horse race between Paul Thomas Anderson and Jane Campion. Because these are the two films that I think are going to be really 
competing with each other on Sunday uh, because Licorice Pizza does a lot of great things. It's a really good, heartfelt, coming-of-age story. Uh, it does a lot of things right, however, it's very of its time in the way it's written. And I don't think that would really sit well with BAFTA voters, whereas Power of the Dog, um, Gambian literally sent Cumberbatch to hell and back um, to make that film happen. And she filmed that over in New Zealand just as the lockdowns kicked in. And again, they'll probably take that into account when voting for it, because it's not just sort of the quality of what you see on screen, it's about how you sort of juggle it off screen as well. So it's a miracle that we have as many great nominees as we do. But you can't be a good director without screenplays. And the is this year. Take it with original screenplay first. Um, you got Sorkin for being Ricardo's. You got Belfast from Branner. Uh, you got McKay's Don't Look Up. You got Zach Bagan for King Richard. And you have Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. I don't know who's going to win this one. I really don't know who's going to win this one. Um, because while Belfast is a very personal, very heartfelt film for Branner, you have some fierce competition there because Aaron Sorkin is like the master of the monologue. You got Paul Thomas Anderson with Licorice Pizza, which is semi biographical on a friend of his. Uh, King Richard, which is reviewed very well. And of course, Don't Look Up, which is quite topical really uh i really don't know I, I i'm personally rooting for belfast or licorice pizza but i i just have a feeling that we might see an upset win in this this particular category and the same with the adapters as well the, the, the standard this year has been really good because you got coda you got drama car got june lost daughter and power of the dog um again this is what this is another category that's too close to call um I personally want to see June win it, just so June can get a bit of love. Um, but again, we've lost Daughter, which again, reviewed very strongly. It's the kind of film that awards voters would love. Power of the Dog, again, written very strongly. Um, it, I, 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 that, this is the award on Sunday that I'm like, this, is, this will be the one. Because I do enjoy reading screenplays. Because the award season, how it all works, um, you can get your hands on a lot of the screenplays of these films because the um, studios put them out for four-year consideration publicly. So I've had a read at some of these scripts, and it's quite fascinating to see how they're all put together. Um, having studied film in depth for the last couple of years, it's kind of understandable, really. Um, but I, I really don't know, screenplay-wise, who's going to win it. The standard is just too good this year. Uh, on uh, leading actress. Um, I would, again, personally, I want to see Alana Hayden win it for Licorice Beats because she is the glue that holds that film together um, for her first go round acting. I know she's worked with Paul Thomas Anderson before with her band, um, but I want to see Alana Hayden win it. Obviously, Lady Gaga's got a, a great career ahead of, ahead of her, and I know she's had a lot of attention for Sarah's Born and Pass of Gucci, but I don't think this is a film she should really get the award's attention for because, again, quite a problematic film in terms of what it does. Uh, got Neely Jones for Coda, uh, we've got a few others. Tessa Thompson, um, E.E. Rising Star graduate. Um, 
it's good to see a strong category like that. And it's the same with leading actor because we got Adila Adolf, Ali and Ava, Mahershala Ali for Swan Song, Cumberbatch Paragadog, Leo for Don't Look Up, Stephen Graham, good to see him get a nod. Um, one of the Northwest's own. Uh, and surprisingly, Will Smith is there for King Richard, which I was, I was really surprised when they announced the nominations back at the uh, end of January. Um, but I think it's either going to be Mahershala Ali or Cumberbatch, um, purely based on the kind of films that BAFTA kind of like to lean into. Um, for the supporting roles, I don't envy anyone in that supporting actress category. Uh, Katrina Belf for Belfast, Jessie Buckley, who can't do any wrong in my eyes. She was fantastic in World Rise. It's good to see her getting a lot more attention now. Uh, Anna DeBose for Story, and again, she has already won the Golden Globe. Um, which, again, could factor into the race. We're and Dead for Matt, Andrew and Ellis for King Richard, and Ruth Negger for passing. I want to see Catriona Balfe win it, but again, it's probably going to lean to the West Side Story. It's got popular votes. Um, again, it, it, this quality is just fantastic this year. And then the supporting actor, come on. You've got two nominees from Paragadog. Yeah, Mike Face for West Side Story. You got Kieran Hins from Belfast, and Hins, Kieran Hins was really good in Belfast. Do not get me wrong. You got uh, Troy Cotswold for Coda, Woody Norman for Come On, Come On, and then both Jesse Clemens and Cody Smith McPhee. Um, it's probably going to go to Kieran Hins, but my just for the banter, I want Cody Smith McPhee to win it, just so people can learn how to pronounce my name properly. <laughs> Lame joke, I know. Um, but it's, it, it, it's always a very fiercely competitive category, supporting actor. Uh, for the original scores, um, too close to call, call this year. Very much too close to call. Because we've got Being Ricardo's from Dan Pemberton. Compose, I love Dan Pemberton's work. Um, right, you'll probably, by the time, have we, uh, has it gone out yet? It won't have gone out yet. Uh, but you'll hear a bit of Daniel Pemberton's work for Into the Spider-Verse in the opening of the next journal. Because um, we've, we've written a little parody opening for it. We've got Don't Look Up for Nicholas Brattel, frequent collaborator with Adam McKay. Um, we've got Zimmer for June, and I, I hope to God June wins. <laughs> because that was a mad score. Zimmer being peak Zimmer. Uh, and you've got two, two very uh, experimental scores for French Dispatch and Paragon Dog. Um, Two very different films, um, two very different composers with different styles. Um, but it's, again, it's another category that is a little bit too close to call. That goes in to the casting. Uh, this is, again, probably going to get cut from the main broadcast, uh, because it usually is. Um, but we're just going to showcase it here so you know what to expect. Um, Casting, having been on a film set and having sort of seen a feature film go from start to finish, casting is a very underlooked aspect because you've got to really think about quality of the talent, uh, how do they fit the role, do they get on with other talent as well. Um, and I, again, it's going to be either West Side Story or June in my eyes uh, because quite big ensemble pieces and your casting is usually one of the first things to be secured, especially on films as big as that, and especially with Jude, getting the kind of talent that Denis Villeneuve was able to get. Uh, Frontier was able to sort of really 
nail down a heavyweight cast. Uh, category is cinematography. And there's some big names there. Greg Fraser for June, Dan Astrid for Nightmare Alley, Lena Sangren for No Time to Die, Ari Wegner for Paragon Dog, and Bruno Delbanel for Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, June or No Time to Die, maybe Paragon Dog because it was all shot using natural light. Um, but again, BAFTA likes to lean towards things that were shot and finished on film. Linus, um, who was he was just excelled on every film of his that I've seen, from La La Land um, all the way up to No Time to Die. Um, sort of the way he frames his shots, the way he's able to sort of get the best out of these real environments. And he shot it on 70mm, he shot it on 35 he shot on IMAX as well. You could tell watching the 4K print in cinema that it was shot and finished on film. Because there's a distinct grain in the image. Um, I, I, again, it's probably going to be one of the, the few films, few honours for No Time to Die because the, the standard has just been that good this year. Going further into technical, um, next. Um, and what else to say? Belfast, June, Licorice Pizza, Summer of Soul, and No Time to Die. Um, jury's out on this one. Jury is very much out on this one for me. Um, I want to see any one of those win it because the, the quality of the editing, especially on Belfast, doing it all in black and white. Um, it, again, it is just... This whole award season is too close to call for me. And then, same with the production design. It's probably the side story. Um, or maybe even French Dispatch. But you got Cyrano there. And Cyrano's big musical based on kind of true events. Um, again, very difficult to sort of call this one. Uh, to briefly go through these, because again, these are going to get cut from the main. Uh, costume design um, we got Cruella, Cyrano, Jean, French Dispatch, and Nightmare Alley. Um, I'd love to see Cruella win. Um, because Jenny Bevan's um, fantastic at what she does. Um, anytime I see her name, I, I get flashbacks to the BAFTAs of a few years back when, back when Stephen Fry hosted and um, he called her the bag lady and that ultimately caused his departure from BAFTA. <laughs> um, but Jenny Bevan excelled working on that film and a lot of people loved Cruella just because of the way the outfits worked and how it all fit in with the film. Cyrano again, big music. You have to be accurate with your costumes there. Um, June, again, outfits key part. French Dispatch, outfits were a key part. Nightmare Rally, it is too close to call. Cool. Same with, and yeah, this whole category is as well. Um, Trailer or Cyrano, but it's probably the go to House of Gucci now, I've seen that. Um, again, go get a probably cut those two categories on the main show, same animation, same design. Quiet Place Part 2, simple, simple. Quiet Place Part 2, has to be. I've got a couple of outsiders with June, with No Time to Die last night, so I don't know West Side Story, but Quiet Place Part 2 is probably going to win it. Uh, because that is a film that relies heavily on sound design, and that's the kind of thing that they're after. VFX. Uh, June, Free Guy, Ghostbusters, Matrix, and No Time to Die. Um, 
Matrix Resurrections could be a dark horse here. So is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Maybe even Free Guy, but it's probably going to go to June. Maybe No Time to Die as well, but I, I put good money on June winning that one. And then I'm going to have to really scroll down here. You can tell we're doing this live. The EE Rising Star Award. Now, this is where you guys come in. This is where you guys come in because this is the only BAFTA that is voted for by the general public. Uh, we will have a link to go and vote in the description and in the pinned comment. Those are your nominees this year. Ariana DeBose, Harris Dickinson, Lashana Lynch, Millicent Simmons and Cody Smith-McPhee. Now, past winners of this Rising Star BAFTA have gone on to do fantastic things. James McAvoy is the most high-profile winner I can remember of late. Uh, Will Poulter won it a few years back. Um, it is an award that it usually sets off a fantastic career in the British film industry. And like I said, it's all voted for by you. So if you've seen the awards films, head over to the EE website. And like I say, it'll be all in the description and in the pinned comment of this video. You can go and vote. Make sure you... Will the vote have closed by the time this goes out? Probably yes, but we will still put the details in anyway, because like I say, this one isn't voted for by you, the general public. And it is arguably a bit of an after show that I look forward to the most. So... We've made our way through most of the nominees. How is it all going to work for our coverage? So, coverage-wise, uh, we will have a full breakdown um, at some point next week after the ceremony. Um, we were going to do live reactions to it, but I am at the um, I'm at the rugby on Saturday, so I probably won't have a voice uh, to do live reactions uh, on, on Sunday night. But at some point next week, uh, we will have full breakdown of the BAFTAs, my thoughts, my reactions to uh, another fantastic night for cinema and of course this is all building to the big one at the end of March. Um, well actually the big ones because we got the Razzies on March 26th as well uh, but we're all building towards the Oscars on March 27th and we will do something similar um, the week of the Oscars. Uh, breaking down the nominees, what's, what I think is going to win, what I think is going to be the dark horse, uh, what to look out for at the ceremony because we'll know a bit more about who's presenting what at that point. Uh, but this award season, it feels good to talk about some decent awards again because we've all missed this. We have all missed this. Uh, so that is it for this special extra episode of What the Hell Happened, breaking down what's going to happen where at the BAFTAs. For those of you based in the UK, you can watch the 75th EE British Academy Film Awards live on BBC One from 7pm on Sunday night or catch it on demand on the iPlayer straight afterwards. International viewers, go to BAFTA.org for all the information you need to follow the broadcast live. Or if you can't find the time to watch the ceremony, come back to the Lee Jackson YouTube channel uh, next week and we will try and break it down in as short and concise a way as we can. So until then, my name's Jack Smith. This has been Award Season Part 1. And until next week, we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>